Trust Father, we just want to thank you again for the privilege we have to study your word tonight. We trust you that by your spirit whom you sent to guide us into all the truth, you will inspire us to speak by the unction of your spirit and cause the word to have entrance into every hearer tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're looking at the book of Ephesians. Uh, our text is Ephesians verse, chapter 6, verse 16. Above all, take the shield of faith. This is an above all topic. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. There is no other weapon that can quench all the fiery darts of the devil. And that's, this is the above all, <clears throat> above all, above all weapon. And then you know, Two weeks back, we we're talking about the importance of faith, how without faith you can't be saved. <clears throat> you can't be saved, and faith is your victory. It's not that faith gives victory, but faith is your victory in every situation. And the, the scripture says, <coughs> without faith, it's impossible to please God. Practically impossible to please God. So let's. A reminder of ourselves of where we started. <clears throat> we started by reminding ourselves some very important fundamental truths about faith <clears throat> that we shared. But now we want to look at what faith is. <clears throat> what is faith? What is faith? What kind of faith are we talking about? Because we talked about it. The, important, the reason we need to do this is that we need to identify faith correctly. So we know <clears throat> that we are putting up faith because if it's not shield of faith, it won't work. It won't work. So the, what is faith? The God kind of faith they were talking about. What is it? So we start by talking about what it is not. <clears throat> it is not the natural, <coughs> natural human faith based on what we see, based on what we touch, based on what we feel. This type of faith <clears throat> works only by sight. It is not the God kind of faith we are teaching here. In John chapter 20, verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. <clears throat> but he said unto them, except I shall see, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. So this faith is dependent on what you see, what you feel. This is the human type of faith. It is the human natural faith that depends on natural information. <clears throat> now he said, he said in verse 26, and after eight days, again, his, his disciples were within and Thomas was with them. Then came, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, <clears throat> and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side, and be not faithless. He said, The faith you exercise, and it's not the kind of faith that will bring you to where I want you to be. You don't have it, Thomas. Be not faithless, <clears throat> but believing. 
28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me now, you believe because you've seen. <clears throat> thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So he was telling him that the type of faith that works is not the faith that is dependent upon what you see. And we need to emphasize this because a lot of people are still working in this faith of what they see and what they feel and what people say. Now, let's look at another example of this human kind of faith. That's not the kind of faith, the God kind of faith that we're talking about. In Psalm 20, verse 7, it says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. Now you can remove chariots, remove horses, and put many things that people trust in. They trust in their goodness, some trust in their intellectualism, some trust in their connections, some trust in their money, some trust in their willpower. There's all manner of things we can put in here that we can trust in. That's not God. That's not God kind of faith. That's not God kind of faith. The Bible says those who do that, they are brought down and fallen. But we rise and stand when we trust in God alone. So this type of faith does not reckon with the Lord Jesus, neither his word. Also, it relies only on man and his wisdom and feeling and sight. Jeremiah 17:5. It says, <clears throat> This is what the Lord says. Cause are those who put their trust in mere humans. Can you imagine that today a lot of people live by trusting in their ability to do this, in their willpower to live holy, in their effort to do this. And you're saying, no, 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 no. This is human, human faith. It won't work. So Jeremiah says, this is what the Lord says. Cost are those who put their trust in mere humans. Do you put your trust in you, in yourself? In your self-achieved righteousness? Is that your confidence? Self-achieved holiness. Who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. You see, when we trust in anything but it's not God, we have turned our heart away from God. You see why it is imp it's impossible to please God with our faith. Practically impossible. Turn their heart away from the Lord. They are like stunted, stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness and inhabit a salty land. I mean, how do you put a plant in a salty land? You can imagine the, the end of such a plant. So the faith we are talking about, the God kind of faith, is not the faith that is based on anything human, physical. No. No, that's not, the, that's, not, that's not what the shield of faith is. And it's not hope either. A lot of people, they think hope is faith. And you ask, they say, Pastor, you know, I'm believing God. I'm believing that God will do it. And you want to talk them out of it, but they won't understand. I'm, Pastor, I'm believing that God will do it for me. No, that's not faith. That's hope. Hope is for the future. Faith is now what has happened and is real. 
Look at Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> and we believe, and we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. Yes, all of us have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Because of this, our sinful nature, we, we long to, to live a life that is sinless. We desire, <clears throat> we long for it. It says, so we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Until then, we have to contend with our flesh. And it's all part of what we are going to teach because, you see, you cannot deal with your flesh by your power. Forget it. It has never worked. It won't work. Verse 24. We were given this hope when we were saved. We were already, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. If you already have something, you don't have to hope for it. If you already are healed, you don't hope for it. You don't say, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to, no, you don't hope for it. If you already have a car, you don't hope for it. If you already have salvation, you don't hope for it. If you already have it, if God says, I've given it to you, and you already have it, you don't hope for it. You don't hope for it. It is faith that brings reality to hope. We will explain it. So <clears throat> hope is not faith. Don't mix it up at all. You can't receive, receive by hope. And there's no scripture say that without hope, it's impossible to please. It's without faith. It's impossible to please God. So when you put your healing to the future, this to the future, that's to the future, you don't have it. That's why you're hoping that it will happen. It will happen. If you're hoping it will happen, you don't have faith. What you have is hope. And you don't receive by hope. You receive only by faith, calling it done. <clears throat> this is very important. A lot of people are confused here. Very, very important. Now, the God kind of faith, the kind of faith that builds the shield of faith, the faith that God himself exercises, the faith that our Lord Jesus Christ exercised, that's the faith we are teaching. <clears throat> that's the faith we are talking about. And let's look at Mark eleven twenty two and see how it is practiced here. And on the morrow, <clears throat> they, they having come forth from Bethany, he hungered. And having seen a, a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if perhaps he might find anything in it. And having come to it, he found nothing except leaves. For it was not a time for, of figs. And Jesus answering said to it, no more from thee. No more. No more from, that's no more it. Yeah, no more from thee to the age may any eat fruit. This is a translation. This is the Young's literal translation. This is translation of 18 something. Sometimes I go back to 150 years back to get the, the, the proper context of what the scripture is saying. Because some theologians have translated scriptures, they don't have revelation, they translate it out of their theological brain and take out what God is saying. So sometimes I go back, way back, <clears throat> to be able to compile translations to get the correct context. So he said, 
It says, so this is not King James I'm reading. This is Young's literal translation. Dr. Young was a, was a Bible scholar, very, very respected in his time. So he wrote this Bible com commentary and he wrote this translation. No more from thee to the age may any, any fruit, may any eat fruit. And his disciples were hearing it. Now, this is why I took Young literal translation in verse 20. And in the morning passing by, they saw the fig tree have been dried up from the roots. And Peter, having remembered, said to him, Rabbi, lo, the fig tree thou didst cause is dried up. And Jesus answering said to them, have faith of God. Have faith of God. Have God's kind of faith. What I demonstrated to you is God's kind of faith. Have God's kind of of faith. It didn't just, just say have faith. No, it, because you can have faith in your horses. You can have faith in your this. You can have faith in all of that. But he said, no, God kind of faith is the faith that trusts only in God and his word. So I've spoken. That's it. So when I speak to you, the same way it walks on that tree is the way it walks. Have faith of God. The faith that God exercises. The, God's word is called the word of faith. It's called the word of faith. So the faith that God exercises when he speaks, the faith that Jesus lived by, is the faith that you, you have to live by to build up your shield of faith. Have faith of God. Now, the nature of this faith of God, he believes only in God, believes only in what God said, period. Now, in 2 Timothy 2, 12, let's see what the Holy Spirit said about God himself, how he believes. If we believe not, if you deny him, if you believe not, yet he abided faithful, he cannot deny himself. God cannot doubt his word. He cannot, if you don't believe him, he still believes his word. That's, God's kind of faith. To have faith of God. It's a, it's a faith that trusts the word of God regard, no matter what. God will never deny his word. Then number two, Psalm 138 verse two. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your holy name for your loving kindness and your, and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. His name represents his authority. And God has placed his word above his name. Quit means he, he backs his word with every power he has. He backs it with every power he has. So you can see that God kind of faith is faith that God has in himself and his word. So this kind of faith does not depend on what you see, but what God has said. Regardless of what you see or feel, God, see how God exercised again this kind of faith that depended on his word and himself. Genesis 17:5. <clears throat> Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. Why? For a father of many nations I have made thee. Oh, you made him, but where is the child? 
Well, in the natural thing, we will wait until we see the child. But in God's kind of faith, God believes in his word. God believes in his word. You deny his word, he won't deny himself. You don't believe it, he believes it. So you can't walk with him unless you agree with him. He believes in his word. <clears throat> I have made it. That's the important thing. Who said it? God. It's done. It brings reality. The moment God said it, I've made you, it's not a lie. I've made you, I've made you. You don't have to judge it by what you see. You only judge it by who said it. This is the word he, he puts all his power and his name behind it. He has exalted it above his name. I have made thee. At this age, I have made thee. Why is the pregnancy? I have made thee. It's done. So you can't come tomorrow and say, I'm believing God, no. Ha, God will do it tomorrow. No, that's not faith of God. God calls those things that are not as if they were. His word can't come void. So it does not depend on sight. It does not depend on sight. Let's see your stomach. I see your belly. Is it coming out? No, no, no. I have made the case closed. I have healed you. I provided, I've answered you. It's case closed. Close it there. This is the kind of faith that builds the shade, shield we are talking about. Now, Abraham demonstrated God's kind of faith too, that depends entirely only on what God has said. Romans 4 3. It says, For what said the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. What did Abraham believe in verse 16? Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to, not to that only which is of the law, but that which also is of faith of Abraham. Faith of Abraham is the faith that God demonstrated. Now let's go on and see the faith of Abraham being described here. Follow me. He says, who is the father of us all? Because for believers in Christ, we are children of Abraham. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. So Abraham believed that, that God said, even though he didn't see anything. What did you believe, Abraham? God said he made me a father of many nations. So I'm a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things, could be not as though they were. Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope. It was hopeless. But faith gave his hope substance. It was hopeless. But faith gave it substance. Faith said that thing you expect has happened. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, not according to that which the doctor said, not according to that which you are feeling, it's not according to anything else. Entirely, strictly based on that which God has said. God's kind of faith. God believes in what he says. If you deny him, he won't deny himself. So why deny him? Why not agree with him? It, depends, it doesn't matter the expert. It doesn't matter the practitioners. It doesn't matter their experience. The scripture says, all those who trust in horses and chariots, 
they will regret it. But those who believe in God, they have victory. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. The man simply believed it. Abraham, what is your evidence? God said it. And the Bible calls it strong faith. And then let's consider now how the scripture describes this faith that Abraham exercised as strong. The qualities of this strong one. He says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not, you see, he did not consider contrary evidences. He did not consider, oh, this is happening to me. It's not happening. No, he's not considered that. He's not consulting friends and talking. Anybody that comes to his room, he raises up, raise up the topic, wishing to have sympathy, wishing to, just talking, talking, talking. It's not everybody that comes and says, do you know, uh, God, God promised us, Shabbat, you know, uh, we are still believing, you know, but you know, Sarah, me and Sarah, yeah. Uh, God, God, they will, even though I know, you know her. But God said, they, don't worry, if you know what we pass through uh, Sunday, that's not, that, that, that's not faith at all. That's denying God. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. He didn't consider it, so he didn't come up for discussion. When he was about a hundred years old, people think of this thing. Hundred years dead body. He didn't consider it. What was he considering? God said, I made you father of many nations. That's all he was considering. It's the God kind of it. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So they have two, two, two hopeless things. Starting him, he woke up every day. And it wasn't that he woke up and said, I got pregnant immediately. No. Brother, you know we have, God has witnesses who start you in the faith. I said, I stood and believed him. What are you talking about? Can you be, is your own as hopeless as 100 years old? I stood and believed him. So what are you talking about? Sarah would stand up and say, what are you talking about? I was hopeless. But God said it. And we said yes to it. He staggered not. Oh, man. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't stagger. It's not like, oh, maybe we walk, you know, tomorrow we wake up. No, 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 no staggering because they are considering the source, the source that brings staggering, which is what you see. They're not considering, that's the source of staggering. That's the source of unbelief. That's the source of fear. They're not considering it. They're considering the source of faith. God, who said it. Great peace. You keep them in perfect peace. Who's focuses on him? Whose eyes is stayed on him? Not on the deadness of Sarah's body. And every day you talk about is what is happening to you. And you turn around and say, Pastor, you know, I've been believing God. You are lying. You don't believe nothing. You don't believe. You don't believe nothing. Zero. It's not there. You are looking at the source of fear. You are looking at the source of lying. You are looking at, you are not looking at God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. That's why you look. If you want to talk, talk about Jesus. 
Talk about his word. Staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham, you are giving glory. Hundred years ago, yeah. <laughs> of course, why not? I thought you need to pray some more. No, we are done. <laughs> no, no, pray what? God said it. What am I praying for? And being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he was able to perform. These are the signs of strong. This is the shield that this man put up. He put it up. This shield was going nowhere. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. And the Bible says it was written for all of us to study. So with all of this background, let's now delve into what God kind of faith is. Now we have seen these practical things. We, needed to, we need to understand what faith is. Because faith is so important in our Christian life. You can't stand without it. Your prayer is worthless without it. Without it, you can't please God. Impossible. Check it out. Without it, you are not saved. It's in everything. By faith, we stand. By, our life is life of faith. We live by faith. Shouldn't you study and understand faith very well if, you, if the only way you live this Christian life is by faith? So let's, now we've gone through these background explanations. So let's delve into what faith is from Bible description. The scripture gives us a definition of faith. One is on God's part. One is on man's part. Hebrews 11, 1 to 2. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's the first definition right there. Substance of things hoped for. Number two, the evidence of things not seen. There is no confusion there. Faith is substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, elders, the elders obtained a good report. New Living Translation says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. King James says, it is the reality or, or, or substance of things hoped Hoped, past tense. You hoped for it. What you have, you don't hope anymore. King James is correct. You hoped, past tense. Past tense. Done. You hoped. You are hoping. But what you have, you don't hope no more. Faith says it's seed. It's done. This, the Holy Spirit gives you revelation. See this. It's done. The moment you see the reality, there's what you, something you have now, so you don't hope for it anymore. You hoped, past tense. You don't hope anymore because now it's a reality. Faith brings reality to what you hoped for. You started to pray. You hoped for the answer. But faith says God has answered you. So reality has come. You don't hope for the answer anymore because what you have, you don't hope for it. You don't put it in future anymore. You put it in past tense like Abraham. You give thanks. You give glory. You are persuaded. It is done. Because you have it. That's called faith. Now, 
So now, the Holy Spirit gives you a revelation. Because faith will come by, by hearing the word of God. Give a revelation. I've done this for you. The scripture and opens your eyes. You see, wow, that's true. It becomes a substance. It becomes a reality. Now, the, the next definition is, is your own. It's your own. It's my own. To show evidence that you really believe that. The second definition is you. You. It's not God that's showing evidence. It's you. It's you. Evidence of things not seen. You have to show evidence, and God wants you to show him evidence of your faith. Nobody runs away from it. We must show God evidence of our faith. So, in the first one, the, the, God gives you the substance by revelation. It is not revealed to humans, but it is revealed to you by his spirit. And you know it, that this is real. This is for real. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are sons of God. So you have the witness, you are born again. You, have a new, you are a new creature. You've been created new. Did you see it? No, you don't have to see it. But you have evidence that you are not who you used to be. So you are not going to be begging God to change you. You are thanking God that you are changed already. Then the change will manifest. But now, we are the ones to give God evidence. God wants to see evidence of your faith, evidence of your love for him. God wants to see your faith. God wants to see your faith. And God wants to see your love. God wants to see it. Because God wants the evidence from you that you believe in. Now, let's see Mark 2, verse 2. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no, no more room, even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to them. Verse 3, four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Verse 5, seeing their faith, God wants to see it. Oh, I'm telling you, he, he, he has to see. Seeing their faith, immediately Jesus saw their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. The man didn't even pray. He didn't ask nothing. He didn't nothing. He's here. That man didn't say, oh, Lord, you know you are so merciful. I came. No, no, no. No, no, no. All he saw was this man's faith in him. Think of it, people. Paralyzed. All that Jesus saw was his faith. The man didn't say, didn't say nothing. The man didn't make any appeal. The man didn't pray. He did nothing of any sort. Tell me what this man told Jesus here. Nothing. But his faith spoke. 
action. Now, if it is me in this situation, you know what I'm going to do? It's a lot of prayer I will do. Ooh, night, midnight, one hour. It's important we pray. Very important. But without faith, it's waste of time. Because God wants to see your faith. God wants to see your faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, what I do is not pleasing to him. What, he has no business with it. The scripture says anything that's not of faith is sin. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. No prayer, not, uh, just, the woman with the issue of blood, they, they talk to Jesus. He didn't talk to Jesus. He said, if I touch him, I'll be healed. He touched him, power went out straight away. Power, there was nothing like, oh, Lord, you know, I came, you have mercy on me. No, no, no. In fact, the woman talked, they didn't talk to Jesus like, like they do. All he did was exercise faith in Christ. Automatically, people, faith activates God's power. All the time. All the time. That's why it is, it is the shield that quenches all the fiery dust of the devil. Because it activates power that the devil can't handle. The Bible says above all, activate divine power on your behalf. And when you activate divine power, tell me who will stand. What kind of devil is that? We don't toy with understanding faith. Because if you don't understand faith, you'll be powerless. You'll be defeated. You'll be covering it up. Long stories. I'll see you next year. I'm still telling the same story. Because there won't be victory. Seeing their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Oh, and then the Pharisees began to say, who is this one forgiving sins here? The verse 10 said, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, say, take your bed and go. Stand up, pick your, and the, no, now, let, no, let, whoa, 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 let, let, let's talk about this one. Jesus said to him, show them your faith. They didn't see it. Demonstrate to them you have faith in. That's what he told you. How do you tell a paralyzed man to stand up and go home? Without, first of all, training him to rehab. <laughs> Come on, man. He said to him, you know you are healed. You, you came here. Get up, go home. Show these unbelievers your faith. Get up. Because you already, he already saw his faith. He said, you now get up and go. Get up. You don't need nothing again. You're done. Your, your sins are forgiven. You're healed. Now go. Get up. Verse 10. Jesus turned up to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mouth and go home. And the man jumped up. This is not, the man was not trying to test whether he will is it for no? So when God sees your faith is real, He knows you are that's real faith. You don't deceive God and tell Him long story. No, God saw that faith. That this is the God kind of faith that believes in the Word of God and believes in talent. God saw the heart, saw the action, 
saw faith. And these Pharisees were talking jargon. And Jesus said, I want to prove to you people that his sins are forgiven. He's healed already. Get up and go. The man jumped. There was no hesitation. People, there was no hesitation. What are we going to tell God with all the Bible studies we are studying and this man who taught him all the Bible studies? He jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through, through, through the stunned on Lucas. They were all amazed, praising God, exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this before. <laughs> you see it? <laughs> yeah. Is it not the scripture that said, all things are possible to them that believe? Even paralyzed people get up if they dare believe God. All things. I mean, how can God tell us how all things will be possible? But we're not interested in knowing it. But we want to devote our time for to religious things that's not even not worth much. If you have no evidence by way of action and corresponding words, may I tell you with all the love in my heart, you don't have faith. God has to see the evidence. Faith without works is dead. There has to be evidence. The same thing with love. It was good, my son. At the life center, he said to us, he said, all these things that all the time we sing about how we love God. He said, did the Holy Spirit witness to you you love him really? Are you simply assuming? Dabba asked that question. I said, no, you're serious. He said, what is the inward witness of the Holy Spirit to you personally about your love for him? Did he tell you, yeah, you love him? Or are you just saying because you're a Christian people say? That's what people do with faith. They say, I have faith. What is faith? They don't understand. So now we, we have seen that faith is, is substance. If it's not a substance, it doesn't exist. Then it's hope. You are still hoping. But that they are hoping, the day becomes a reality. You don't have to hope for it again. Faith has brought substance to what you hoped for. You hoped for it. But reality has come. It is done. Why? God said so. What is the proof? God said it. It's his word. Now you've got to show evidence now that you believe what God said. You have to show evidence. If you don't have evidence, you don't, you don't, look, if you don't have evidence, you don't have faith too. I'm telling you right now. This is how people say they have faith and they finish them, they die. You know, I say, my exercising faith, why didn't God answer? We didn't exercise faith. Because anywhere faith is exercised, it activates divine power. Read the Bible. So it will be important for us to really listen to this series of studies because we're just beginning. We just talked about definition. We haven't come to how, how faith comes, which is a whole study on its own, and how to exercise, how to release your faith, which is a whole study on its own. All those things we are going to teach as the Lord gives us opportunity and guides us. I needed to do this introduction back again because the foundation comes in understanding what God kind of faith is. We're not talking of, I'm talking of God kind of faith. The faith that Jesus lived by. The faith that Abraham demonstrated. That's the faith that is the shield. That's the faith that activates divine power. And when you activate divine power, there's nothing that, the, the devil is finished. 
So let's talk part two of this study. Part two is to remind us what we said last week. Very important what we said two weeks ago. This is crucial. One of the most important benefits of faith is living the life of Christ. You can't live it without faith. Brethren, it's not possible to live the Christian life without faith. God himself said it is impossible. But you know a lot of people try to live it without faith. When you're living it without faith, you are trying to live it without Christ. And Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So, in Galatians 6.14, for as for me, this is Paul, right? May I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, people, because of that cross, only because of what Christ did on the cross, my interest in this world was crucified, killed. Not because of my effort, my days, because of what Christ did. That's why I died with him. The old man that, that was in love with this world died. Crucified with him. To Paul, the cross was not a church story. The cross was a reality. Faith, substance, reality. It wasn't an idea. It's not something you talk in Pentecostal jargon. No. He believed it with all his heart that he was crucified with Christ. And the old man that loved the world was dead. My interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died because he said I rose with a new life. The totally different life. The life of Christ. Verse 15. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised. Now listen to this, brethren. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. That's what counts. <clears throat> it's not that you are senior pastor. It's not that you, you know, people carry your bag when you come. You have people with 20 phones following you. You can have it. It's all wonderful. If you can afford it, buy yourself as many phones as you can. Oh, it's not that you have, you do your birthday in, um, in Dubai. No. The Holy Spirit said what counts for him is that you have been transformed into this new life. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. And you can put anything else there. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. This is what counts. The scripture tells us two things that count. It said, what counts most is Jesus. That's Colossians 3, 11. So what counts most is Jesus. Now it's telling us what counts most is, have you been transformed into this life of Christ? Is Christ living to you? One of the greatest benefits of faith is not healing. It's not this. No, no, no. It is it's Christ living to you. Brethren, because one day this life will end. What will matter is Christ. Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he died. He's no more here. 
Miracles are they are, they are band-aid, they are temporary solutions to large problems. As exciting, as wonderful as they are. No one know how God healed somebody who still pass away. All these are temporary things. The God gave you a car, wonderful, we celebrate with you. God gave, no, all those are temporary things. All of them are seriously temporary. But eternal things, Jesus is at the head of it. The eternal life is, is at the head of it. But these are the things that go beyond the grave. It goes, death can't hold it. goes beyond the grave. But these are the things that people don't even attach importance to. If you hear us, all our worship songs mostly, it's about how God gave me physical things. Which is good. I mean, it's wonderful. Me too. God, trust God to us. will give you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, they are awesome. Because it makes us joyful. Our joy is true. But Jesus said, don't follow me for things like that. Follow me for eternal things. They have greater value. They have greater joy than these things. They have greater value, greater joy, and makes your life more influential and brings, makes you an agent of the kingdom that even when you speak to people, you don't have to be preaching on the pulpit. Your life speaks. Your word speaks. Everywhere the power of God. Christ is using us, touching people, doing things, changing lives without you even noticing some of them. So one of the greatest benefits of walking by faith is to live the life of Christ. And that's the only life that overcomes your flesh. You can't overcome your flesh by your determination. Of course, we should know that now. The Bible said that that by the deeds of the law shall no man be justified before God. So that's not the route. So let's see what faith does when it comes to living the life of Christ. Number one is that faith gives you the righteousness of Christ, which the, which the, the prophets were writing about. You know, the Old Testament prophets, they gave a revelation of Christ and his coming. Because someone said, we have found him whom Moses and the prophets wrote about. That is Jesus. And Jesus said, look, he said, Jesus said to us, the scripture is talking about me. All the scripture is pointing to me. So the Old Testament prophet wrote, and that's why the Bible says we are built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles, because the, prof, the foundation is the teaching, the foundational teaching, the foundational ministry that God gave them revelation of. And Jesus said, everything written about me is fulfilled now. Have you not read? Have you not read? Have you not read? The prophet says so. The prophet says so. It's being fulfilled in me. I'm the fulfillment of the law. Law is the age, the age, the age before grace. When the prophets of old were writing about it. And the New Testament prophets also come to expatiate the revelation of the Old Testament prophets built on the foundation. You can't build another foundation. On the foundation of the prophets and the, and the uh, prophets and apostles. That foundational truth of who is Christ, the New Testament prophets come and bring a revelation on Christ himself that is fulfilled on the cross to the church. It's not to come and tell you who to marry, tell you who will be governor tomorrow. It's not their calling. Those are byproducts. It's not their main calling. No. 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 
is to bring the revelation of Christ Jesus, in whom is all the wisdom of knowledge, every message of knowledge, everything is in him. He's the living word. The revelation calls him the word of God. He's the life itself. He's the hope of glory himself. He's the power of God. He's the reflection of God. He's all and all. The Holy Spirit came to talk about him. Because he's the answer to our solution, to our problems. So now, the righteousness that the, whole, the apostles, uh, the prophets prophesied, that there will be this righteousness that has not been revealed. People have not seen it. He has not, nobody has it. That God will confer his own righteousness on human beings. They, they were talking, Isaiah wrote about it. They all wrote about it. They, they said, it shall be said, the Lord is our source of righteousness. And they called him the Lord, our righteousness. They all wrote about this righteousness that will be revealed. And now when Christ came, died, the new era of this righteousness started. So the first message of the gospel is that it reveals to us that faith in Christ, that's where faith comes in. Faith in Christ will bring the righteousness of God conferred on you. This new righteousness that has never been conferred on anybody is now conferred on those who have faith in Christ. That's the first thing that the gospel reveals, the age of the new righteousness. In Romans 1, 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Faith. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed through the gospel. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. In Romans 3, 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Remember there's the righteousness of the law. Paul said, I don't want that kind of righteousness that comes from obeying the law because it's, it's, it's one that you do by your power and all those things. Because by the time the law was given, Christ hadn't come. So they were living by human, their power and all those kind of things. So he said, he says, he says from the law is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and the prophet, the prophet witnessed about it. When he talked to the law, he's talking about the age before grace. Now verse 22. Even the righteousness of God People, it's not our righteousness. He's talking about God's own perfect righteousness. Through faith, faith in Jesus Christ, to all and all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned, falling short of the glory of God, so you can't earn it, you can't achieve it, you have sinned. So now, by and being justified freely or made righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God has set forth as propitiation by his blood, for God made him to be seen who knew no sin, so that he can make us righteous. Through faith, through faith, he keeps repeating it's through faith, it's through faith. Talking about the place of faith in living the life, the life of Christ. It starts by God conferring his righteousness on you. Through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearing, God has passed over the sins we previously committed. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he must be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. 
Faith in Jesus, God justifies you. God accepts you. God receives you. God will by no means cast you out when you come to him in Christ. It's not possible. God gives you his righteousness. That's where I start. Then verse 27 says, where is boasting then? Are we going to boast that we achieved it? No. It is excluded. Say, by what law? Of works? It's not our works, for all have sinned. No, but by the law of faith. It is just faith that gives us this. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. He's justified by faith in Christ only. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. That's the pure Pure gospel. The gospel does not preach about the works of men. It preaches about works of God, fulfilled for mankind in Christ Jesus. So the righteousness that God gives us is, is, is one of the benefits that faith brings us when we come with faith in Christ, when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. God confers his righteousness, the righteousness of God, not your own, my own, no, his own. He counsels righteous, he counsels justified, and we become sons of God. Remember that God cannot behold iniquity. But in Christ, he washes us with the blood. He said he made him propitiation for our sins. He washes our sins. We are clean. We come before him, accepted. So that's number one. But number two, now is how to now practically live the life of Christ. Let me say something. There is no Christian who can manifest the life of Jesus. It's his life. It's not your life. You can't, you can't leave it for him. It's not your life. If we can leave it, he won't come. He said, I came to give you life. You don't have this life. I came to give it to you by my presence in you. Let me repeat. You cannot, I don't care how we talk about the love of God, you cannot leave the love of God on your own. It's beyond man to leave the love of God. Nobody can live the life of God. No human can. No human being can. You can't live the life of Jesus. Forget it. Nobody can. We talk about the love of God until you go out and somebody does something consistently. You realize that your patience has limit. But his patience is limitless. His love is limitless. His kindness is limitless. Somebody compared the love of God. He said, all the oceans of the world put together, they are like a drop in the ocean of divine love. It doesn't even show you the extent of the love of God. It's, it's as endless as God, who is love, is endless. Compared with your own goodness, compared with your own, with your own limited, limited uh, all the natural things you are born with, compared with the endless, endless goodness of God. And see if you can if you can live that kind of thing. And this life is lived only by faith, then. So the obedience, in obedience is the lifestyle of a Christian. But I want you to listen to me. Obedience is not something you do by piecemeal. 
It's not something, you know, Christian must obey. You remember, yeah, hey, you must obey. Yeah, you go and obey today. Tomorrow you won't obey again. So they remind you this why you obey. The, the, the why you don't remember, you, don't, you won't obey. And it's not like that now. It's not a junketed type of life. That's why some of the teachings on obedience, when we, don't, when we don't root it in faith in Christ, that without faith you can't do this. The people fail. People fail. Even people who teach it fail. Obedience is not, it's not a piecemeal something. You know, remember, you, you need to obey God. Yeah, yeah, hi. Lord, oh, Lord, I'll obey, obey. Even on that promise that I will obey, it's pride. Because you are, you are boasting in your own pride. And they are, I will do it. Who are you to say to God, I will? Only God can say, I will. You can only do it by the grace of God. But however, this, you now remember this one, but you didn't remember the other one. When is it? You didn't remember the other one. And then you're priest somewhere. Ah, that's true. Hey, God, no, brethren, this is not, it's not my problem. <laughs> Can I tell us something? We're supposed to live a continuously obedient life. It's not supposed to be junketed. And you don't have to remember. How can you remember everything? I can. But still, it's supposed to. It's our lifestyle. Continuously. If it's not obedience, what is this? What is it? So it's called obedience that faith produces. And the only one, again, please listen to him. The only one who can consistently obey God is Christ. He has done it before. And God preached and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He's the only one, brethren. He is the only one who can consistently obey God, even when you don't understand what he's doing, and you allow him to control your life. He will do some things you don't understand. <laughs> your brain is not up. You can't, don't understand everything. But he will do it correctly. He will do it. Your obedience flows as, you, as, he, as he lives through you. And the, the thing that makes him live through you that activates his presence and power is the same faith that activated his power to heal that woman, the same faith that activated his power to heal the paralyzed man, the same faith in him that activates his power, his life, so that daily you, you, you find that you are not telling lies anymore. You want to tell us, of course. They want to, we'd be there. But that's power that subsides it. We're going to explain it. That's power that takes care of that. You find that the opposite before, they want, the thing you want to do, the thing you don't want to do, you are doing. But now you find that the thing that, that is wrong, that you want to do, you will not be able to do. You will not be able. But there's a power that works with you. Let's see how Jesus lived his life. John 14, 9. Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Shouldn't we be, there shouldn't it be our own introduction to The Bible says, put on Christ. So anyone who has seen the Christian must see Jesus. If we put him on, if it's the one that is manifesting, if it's the one that is talking, if it's the one that is doing everything, I put on Christ. Jesus said, if you see, my, if you see me, you see my father. 
I put him on. He's the one doing everything. I don't struggle to obey this one, obey that one, obey that one. My father is doing everything. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? The Christian should be, why are you asking him to show you Jesus? You see him. Put on Christ. He didn't say put on your good, good nature. He didn't say, no, no, no. Let your light shine. Are you, Jesus is the light. And as, light, as long as the light of this world is shining through you, that's why you are the light. But if you remove Jesus, you are not the light. You don't have light. Verse 10, don't you believe that I'm in the Father now? The Father is in me. Okay, the words I speak are not even my own. He's the one speaking. <laughs> so I can't go wrong. He's not my own. He's the one speaking. But my Father who lives in me does his work through me. That's the testimony of Christianity. Christ who lives in me does his work through me. That's the testimony of Christianity. Christ who lives in me does his work through me. At that hour, you'll be given the word to speak. Christ who lives in me speaks. When anger wants to come, Christ's love overwhelms me. Instead of anger, his love takes over. And I leave that place all by his presence, all by what he's doing. Totally odd. Lord, this has to be you. Yeah. And it's me because you gave me opportunity by trusting me with your life, handing your life over to me. And you stop all this struggling, stop all this wanting to be this, wanting to do that. And you live by faith in me alone. It activates me, activates my power, activates the life. It starts flowing out of you. Let me say that Jesus did not come to, to improve you, make you better. So you go and be both say, yeah, you know, I, I'm better. I, you know, when I, got, when I got saved, but now I'm better. He didn't come to, it's not your natural life he came to improve. <laughs> oh, no. It's not your natural, he didn't come to improve your natural life. Jesus didn't come to improve your natural goodness you were born with. Some people think that that's the life of Jesus. Because, you know, they work on improving it by self-will, work on improving it, and then they cry, and they, they promise God, I'll do better. And, you know, as a human being, you can also improve your life a little bit, but that's not the new life. It's not the, the new life is Jesus. He didn't come to make you better, you know, improve you and improve you. It's not, it's not home improvement that God came to do. God came to take away the old life, kill it, and give you a new one. And that new life is Christ himself. I would say Christ is our life. So look at Paul. Galatians 2, 19 to 21. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. <laughs> hey, look at that. So I died to the law. He said, I stopped. I stopped trying to meet all his requirements. I stopped. Why? I tried to be good. I found that I, I, I'm good today, tomorrow I'm not good. And you know, it, do you know that many people are backsliding from Christianity 
because they have tried to be holy, try, and they are pushing them to be holy, but they are struggling, they are not able, they, they take it as a bad job, and they become, they backslide. They struggle with it. It's not, it, they can't do it. Many. Are you not a, a Christian? Do you know how many people who have been struggling to stop anger? They don't like it. Ten years as a Christian, they're still there. You know how many people struggle with this, struggle with that, and it makes them feel ashamed because when, pre- when we are preaching this, they feel so bad because they're sincere. They're sincere. Sometimes they feel, some people give it up as a bad job and they, they backslide, say, I'm tired. Do you know how many people have backslidden because of it? Paul said, I was in that situation. He said, when I tried to keep the law, he condemned me. I failed. So I, dis- I died to the law. I, to die, so I no more respond to it. He said, I stopped trying to meet all its requirements. I stopped. Why? So that I might live for God now. How? This is Paul. Christian, listen to me. He switched from trying to obey the law to walking by faith in Christ. And that walking by faith in Christ activated the life of Christ in him. And Christ began to do that which Paul could not do. What is not possible with Paul became possible because Christ came alive in him. He was no more trying to do this, do this, do that. No. If Paul was doing anything, it was Christ inspiring it. He said, I'm now controlled by the love of God. <laughs> he said, controls me. He's in charge. How did you do it, Paul? This is the scripture here. He says, he says, he says, he says, so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. You see what I said? He believed the gospel that Paul has died. Paul has died. Because the gospel says so. This sinful nature is dead. Crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. Now when you begin to believe the testimony of the Holy Spirit, you activate his power. That's what faith is. Believing the word of God. God believed in his word. It is no longer I who live. So Paul, why are you not the one trying to obey the law? He said, yes, I was the one, but I'm dead. I stopped. Only Jesus can live this life. So it's no longer I. I can't do it. But Christ lives in me. That's the one. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. That's it. Who loved me, gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, which a lot of people do. For if keeping the law could make me right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die, to give me this new life. I could have just been, because he said, keep, as concerning the law, perfect. I was perfect in it. But it didn't bring me where I wanted to. That's home improvement. And it makes you proud, because you think I'm better now. I'm not who I used to be, I'm better now. Yeah, we go from glory. We know we're not perfect. We're going from glory to glory. 
But when you know it's, what you're improving on is your faith in Christ. It's your work of faith is what you're working on. The more you believe him, the more you see him work. The more you believe him, the more you see him work. You are no more depending on your own. Remember where we read. He said, those who depend on the chariots, repent on the choices. He said, they will all be like plants in a salty ground. He said, they will all fall. There is this, the, Paul now talked about the sin in the flesh, which we can't handle. Because the flesh is flesh of sin. Romans 7.21, I have discovered this principle of life. It says it's a principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. This flesh, that's the sin in the flesh. If you, if you read our last blog, you will understand this thing. I wrote about it clearly. The sin in the flesh, you can't handle it. This flesh, you can't handle it. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and they're talking about the flesh? He said, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what the answer is. It's not in my effort, no, it's in Christ. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I have, a, I have this problem with, you, you know, people can come before people and be nice. But they know what they are, where people are not. And they've been struggling with this for years. First Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory comes only through Jesus. Romans 8.3. For what the law could not do. What the law could not do. What the law could not do. In that it was weak through the flesh. Paul said, I tried to obey the law. condemn me. It couldn't make me holy. It couldn't make me what God. The law can't do that. Can't give you victory. Because victory comes only through Christ. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. It's through Christ that God dealt with the flesh. Only Jesus can deal with your flesh. Only him. Romans 7, 6. But now we have been released from the law because the law could not make us what God wants us to be. For we die to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law. What do you, what do you hear in churches being taught today? It's obeying the letter of the law. It doesn't give you faith. That's victory. It doesn't build the shade. No. Because this shade is built only in Christ. The author and finisher of faith is Christ. If you, if you don't teach people Jesus, how will they have it in him? He said, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the Lord, but in the new way of living in the spirit, living the spirit life. Christ is the spirit that lives in us. It's not flesh. The spirit life is not flesh. It's not your human nature, the natural human nature that is improving upon no, no. His life is totally spirit. 
He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. When he talks spirit, he's talking about the spirit nature of you. Christ is, is rose up a spirit, joined to your spirit, become one. You are a new creature. All it takes is to begin to believe his testimony, believe his word, meditate on it until it goes in. Goes in, the entrance of the word brings light. When it goes in, you have understanding, you have faith comes. You see yourself like Paul said, oh, it's no longer I, it's Christ. Christ. He said, let Christ dwell in your heart by faith. Christ really lives in me. He's the one. So I, I stopped struggling. Did you, know, did you know that Jesus said, he said, if you want to follow me, carry your cross. You know what cross signifies? Death. The only thing in the Roman time cross does is why they kill people. So he says, stop your life so I can live it. Die. Paul said, I die daily. It's no longer I. I don't struggle to keep this. I don't struggle to do that. I'm done. Because when I did it, he condemned me. He said that I ran to Jesus. He's the one now. I trust in him every day. I die. And the Bible says, enter his rest. I was writing in a blog about people who have Peter syndrome. You know what Peter syndrome is? Peter labored all night and caught nothing. Many Christians are laboring like Peter. They are sincere. They're laboring, laboring. This thing is, is no good. They caught nothing. But when Jesus spoke, Peter said, at that word, faith, at that word, there was abundance. When we walk at his word, stop your labor. Walk, do at it. Believe what he said. You see that you are laboring, you see it come to pass. Your life will produce harvest of good deeds. Harvest, not, not obey God here, you forget this one. No, as you grow in the knowledge of God, you are being conformed into his image by the Holy Spirit, not by your effort. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you for, for speaking to us again tonight. That living, this, living the life of Christ is, is number one on the agenda. And nobody can live it on his own. The law could not make us that. You sent your son to deal with the sin in the flesh. For our flesh is sinful. And none of us can deal with it. But you've shown us the way out. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is our all and all. He's Lord over everything. Those that trust in him will never be put to shame. Lord, I pray that you help us to understand this. So we stop all this struggling. Stop all this failure that the devil uses to condemn your children and discourage them and they, they can't have confidence. They can't pray. They, they see themselves as weak, as God doesn't like because of this. And they know they are struggling and failing. They know. Lord, I pray that the word will enter us and bring light so we can take all our burdens to Jesus and leave it there. Leave it there and start growing in faith in him. That gradually, all of a sudden, all that desire, all that thing that brings anger, this one, they will all die. And we see his new nature begin to manifest. In place of the thing that we'll be angry about before, we find ourselves loving. 
caring, giving, forgiving. Where we were lazy to pray, we found ourselves in communion with you, even on the street, even in our kitchen. We've, we begin to love you. All the stress that they taught us about, prayer that was stress, no more stress. It is love celebration. We begin to enjoy you. We begin to enjoy you. Ah, we find love of God control our life. It's not our effort. It's not our power. It's not our might, but your spirit. And that's when we can live consistently as we grow from glory to glory. That's how we can live consistently without headache, without headache and sleep well and enjoy our relationship with you. Father, it's so sweet to trust in Jesus. Help us to come to that realization so that we'll stop all this laboring like Peter and walking at that word and we'll say result beyond our imagination. Your name will then be glorified as people see you at work. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.